We can blame it on religion. We can blame it on the president. Blame it on the way that we were raised, or blame it on the government. We can be angry at each other, always pointing fingers. We could use every excuse. It's so easy to do in the heat of it. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to the Redline Roots podcast. Uh, this has been really fun to get going. Um, and thanks to everyone who's left a comment or uh, reviewed the podcast or shared it with a friend. Um, that really helps. And if you haven't yet had the chance to click some buttons on our behalf, please do so. But also, you know, feel free just to, you know, talk to a buddy and say, Hey, there's this cool conversation with this artist that you should know about. Um, doing all that helps the artists that we interview reach more people, so we appreciate it. Um, this time around, we're talking with Kashana Armstrong, and uh, it's a great one. Uh, the first time I heard of Kashana was last fall when she was touring with Smoothhound Smith, and uh, Steve Benoit of Boston Concert Photography took this picture of her at Atwood's Tavern, I saw it, I was like, man, I gotta check out her stuff just because it captured this spirit about her, that photo. And I'm so glad I did. I mean, um, I've just found Kashana's music just to be full of depth and honesty and vulnerability and a lot of joy too, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's great music to listen to. Um, and it was fantastic to catch up with her. We talked while she was uh, performing at Folk Alliance. So uh, for those of you who have been there, lots of like hotel room gigs and running around from uh, this set to that set and sometimes at you know 1.30 in the morning and stuff. So uh, uh, it was a busy time and we were really lucky to get to catch up with her. Um, You'll hear some songs off of Kashana's new record that comes out February 28th, Listen, and I really encourage you to go and pick it up. Um, well, thanks for listening, and here's the conversation with Kashana. just to to jump in on some of these songs and um i was thinking about sort of you know some of the songs sort of talking to each other on the record and i'm thinking specifically right now about fallen people and more in common and yeah i mean it feels like when i listen to those songs like they're really love songs but it's a different like you and me than you know potentially a traditional love song can you can you talk about those songs either talking to each other or you know, what the kernel was for them or, or uh, you know, how you think about them functioning like on the record or in a show. Yeah. So even, you know, I, I, there's this book called uh, The Four Agreements yeah. about Don Miguel Ruiz. You know this book? Mm. Um, I had a supervisor when I was doing music therapy. I was 
in New York struggling with culture and and who I was at you know as a 23 year old trying to be a professional mm-hmm. and my supervisor gave me this book because um, she was like I think this will help you in the rest of your practices if you want to continue to do therapy mm-hmm. to be a therapist and um, the one agreement that stuck out to me was the one that something about um, the gist of it is basically don't take everything personally yeah. you know not everything is about you mm. and um, I feel like that's when I later had interns that was something that I made sure to pass along to them because man it is so easy to take someone's like tone of voice personally yeah. <laughs> to take a look personally especially in a therapeutic setting you know what I mean sure. but what I found now is um, just to take a step back out of like institutions mm-hmm. and the world we walk in, man, so many people, especially nowadays with our phones and with, you know, we're being bombarded every day. We don't know what each other are carrying and we're not taking the time really to like talk to a person and really see like, Hey, how are you? Yeah. You know, but you know, the whole, the whole background of fallen people is that every single last one of us has a wound that we're walking with, yeah. you know, or multiple wounds. We mm-hmm. all have something, some kind of baggage we're carrying, a story we've been told about ourselves, a lie we've been told about ourselves, and we're trying to carry that and grapple with that as we walk through life. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes we might catch someone at a part- at like the precise moment, mm-hmm. you know, that that is like the worst moment for them, or when they're being challenged. And the way they react to us, man, it can like might think you want to fight somebody but you don't realize like you just caught them in the second or like the minute that um they were dealing with something heavier than you you were not even part of the issue you just happen to pop up in the moment you know Mm -hmm. um but the thing is we all have that you know we all are um subject to lashing out at people yeah. when we're hungry that's the main thing right if we're hungry <laughs> if we are cold yeah. you know like things that you need to survive you know if we're not there's no shelter over our heads like um so following people is is basically that if we can meet each other at the level of just understanding hey i know you've got to be dealing with things i know i'm dealing with things let's like meet each other there in the mess mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and then with more in common, you know, when I wrote this with my friend Simon Gugela, mm. you know, we kind of wrote it with the intention where it sounded like a, a couple having a fight. Like, yeah, you got yeah. your, yeah, yeah you, you start, you're like, oh man, this is about a relationship. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, because, I, I mean, every relationship, even stranger relationships, mm. like that's a relationship, you yeah. know? And if we could, uh, the idea is, we're treating strangers as we would a loved one you know you've got your reasons i've got mine you know like you know you really hurt me when you said this thing i can't hear you through all this noise that's out here in the world you know but last take all that away and we do have there's more that we have in common than any of the differences we have with one another but we wanted to start it so it felt more intimate um than this big wall that we're walking in because truly that's where i feel like it starts with the intimate person that we meet standing in line or standing on the elevator mm-hmm. it's these brief little moments that can just affect the day you can be a little ripple you can be a ripple mm-hmm. um in someone's day that just sets them on a positive path mm-hmm. um and all the chaos so what one of the things i 
so one of the things I really appreciate about the album though is that you've also got these songs like Listen and We the People that are at that feel like they're asking people to go beyond, you know, politeness and like to genuine connection and genuine like understand that my life is different from yours and for us yeah. to really move forward we actually need to grapple with some of that and and why things are different for men or for women or for white folks and black folks and yeah. you know like so I, it's an appreciation but it's also a question of like you know how important was it to you to be telling on this record sort of that more complex story uh, through you know some of those intimate connections, but through some of that bigger picture look at where we are. Yeah, you know, um, I had two years ago, I think, I sat with some friends and um, we were kind of talking about how we know that our music is for a greater good. We know that mm. we, it has a bigger purpose in the world. So to keep us in check, so we weren't focusing on all the shiny bits of the mm. music business mm -hmm. and all the accolades, we we wrote vision statements for ourselves. Wow. And I found that in writing a vision statement for myself, that totally um, hyper-focused, it gave me a hyper-focus on like, what is the thing? What What is my voice here for? Yeah. I don't consider myself a singer, but I feel like I have a voice and I need to use it, right? And I'm given, I've been given a platform. I'm a storyteller. Huh. So my my mission is to be a voice and a vessel for those that feel lost, forgotten, silenced, or are hurting. And the thing is, like, I used to tiptoe around the hard parts because I didn't want to offend people. Yeah. But I realized, too, like, you have to make people feel uncomfortable if huh. you really want somebody to understand someone else's story, mm -hmm. right? And, and with Listen and We the People, you know, there are people in this world that are genuinely angry. Yeah. You know, yeah. and frustrated and like you don't hear me, you know, mm -hmm. like we say this term we the people. How how truthful is that? We mm -hmm. the people, you know. Um who are we? <clears throat> yeah. And with listen, I mean that came out for me that came out of a a conversation mm. um uh, that I had with a friend of you know, they asked my opinion on on one of these multiple movements that we've been going through yeah. since 2016, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and as I was giving my opinion, uh, cause you know, you genuinely, you ask someone an opinion and you receive it. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's been happening lately is you ask someone an opinion and it turns into an argument, yeah. right? And you feel yeah. like you need to like, you know, what's the word where you are, you know, debating. Is it not a debate? Sure. You asked how I felt about it. Here's how I feel about it. Yeah. And I realized from that conversation when um, I was telling the fr my friend how I felt as an African-American woman mm -hmm. from the South, walking and touring, doing the same job as she was doing, but what different things I carry walking into spaces. Yeah. We can't walk into spaces the same, you know, even if we are women, I still carry something different than, this, than you, you know. Yeah. And if you can't understand that or hear what I'm, what I'm going through, then like, can you be an ally to me even, you know, mm. what is an ally? Mm -hmm. um, and so the idea of, you know, I even do this. I ask someone, you know, if someone is explaining what they're going through or they're trying to tell me their side of the story or um, some struggles they're going through, I immediately go into like, oh, let me fix it. 
mode. Yeah. So yeah. when I go into let me fix it mode, I'm no longer listening to them. Right. Like, sure, they're saying words. I'm like, oh, I got an answer for that. Oh, I have this anecdote because you want to relate to someone, of mm-hmm. course. So if somebody's telling you their hardships, you're like, oh, I totally know how they can fix this. Oh, I have a story to go along with that. Trying to relate, but you're not hearing them. And when you don't hear somebody, that takes away moments for you to be empathetic. And I think empathy, it's its a word I feel like people throw around. But to me, empathy means like you are, you receive, mm-hmm. you receive someone's story mm-hmm. and you just sit with it. And as you walk through life, you remember their story and you try to see them in all of these situations mm-hmm. and the information that they give you. You're not trying to fix it. You're just trying to see the world from their point of view, you know? Um, but some people think of empathy as, yeah, I totally get it. I can, I feel like people think of empathy as like talking. I'm going to go and like talk about and help right. by using my words rather than using your eyes and your ears mm-hmm. and seeing how you can read. I hope this makes sense. But just, it is, yeah, I got you. Okay, just like reshaping how you walk through the world and how you see other people walking through the world. And as you watch other people walk through the world with their hardships, will that adjust how you receive them Mm -hmm. and how you you support them, even when they're not there? That's the thing. When the person's not in front of you, are you still going to speak up for them? Right, because there can be that sort of uh, like performance allyship. Of like, notice me being an ally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It isn't worth a whole lot, right? questions that what you just said popped up for me but i'm i'm really interested so the vision statement just felt so compelling when you said it and i could tell that you said it like from not just like rattling it off but from a very deep place okay what what does this really mean Mm -hmm. so can you talk about how that impacts some of the decisions that you make whether it's in terms of songwriting or where you're gonna play or how you show up at a gig or or you know how you spend your time when you're not on the road you know any of those things like uh have you noticed sort of because of that vision statement i chose this path instead of that one absolutely you know i just finished doing a panel on this um Mm. or like a group discussion on this this morning um 
on activism because I was saying how I I don't call myself an activist. I don't mm-hmm. think that's what I I don't think that's what I am. People call me that because they see the work that I do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've only been called an activist since I've walked into this um, making sure that I follow this mission statement mm-hmm. of of um, being a voice in a vessel. And mm-hmm. I mean, how how do I use it, man? I mean, from the from the artist standpoint of just the simple performance art, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, as I'm standing side stage or if I'm in the green room right before I go on, I make sure that I, in silence, I'm sitting there and I, I say my statement to myself, yeah. you know, let's go out here, let's be a voice and a vessel for those that feel lost, forgotten, silenced, or are hurting. And I also, you know, say a prayer, really, you mm-hmm. know, may I receive something from the audience and if there's something that the audience needs to receive and needs to hear may i get out of the way and let them hear it and don't put my ego in the middle of it you know um because a lot of times i can my ego pops up if there's talking or if i feel like oh they don't like this you know um oh i can see this guy's on the phone the whole time yeah but what i've it's it's helped calm me down calm the ego down a bit because when I walk off stage, even if two people out of a room of 100 or 200 come up to me and say, thank you, yeah. you know, I really needed to hear this message or I've been struggling with this and I know, great, mission accomplished. Yeah. Like literally, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so it's definitely helped as far as like my ego is concerned with performing and how I, how I walk on stage. Mm. But even um, when I'm not on the road, I mean – it's helped me uh, maybe consolidate and and streamline the work that I do with even the Country Music Hall of Fame. Hmm. I do a lot of work with them, and they they know now like they've found all right. Call Kishana for words and music for anything with creative vets, mm-hmm. which is like words and music is writing for young people. Like huh. um, they teach songwriting in the school system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very diverse, all the schools in Nashville, which was a whole whole rainbow of the students that you would get, sure. you know. And then um, you take kids' lyrics, and the songwriter turns those lyrics into, like, an actual song with, like, melody wow. and chords. And then with Creative Vets, the Country Music Hall of Fame pairs a songwriter with a veteran, huh. and we write, yeah. we have two or three sessions, writing sessions, and we write a song together. Mm. Um and then I do a lot of work with uh, uh, this women's prison group uh, called Wild Indigo, mm-hmm. where I teach songwriting to women that are incarcerated. Wow. And the whole point of that is making sure that I'm teaching them and they know your stories are important, yeah. you know, just because, just because you feel like you're hidden from society now doesn't mean your story isn't important, can't save someone else, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or can't save you the second time around, you yeah. know. So, um I think it's just helped in what I say yes to, yeah. um, what I give my energy to, mm-hmm. um, and I can tell real quick if I'm walking into something and then I see like, oh, okay, this is ego. I, I should huh. walk away from this because I won't be any help. Wow. <laughs> you know, this will be for my ego instead, so maybe not, you know. Um, and anytime I'm operating out of like what would feel good to me ego-wise, it's never fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always like want to bang my head against the wall or I'm like, oh, you know, I go into the whole self-judgment and whatnot. But um, 
so so what i so if it's not ego what is it that you're chasing it, it and maybe chasing is the wrong word yeah man it's a fine line yeah um because I don't, Sorry. I wish I had the answer. I don't know what I'm chasing. Yeah. I don't think I'm chasing anything. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other point to it all other than like, it's, it's, uh, you know, a friend said this to me last night. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, if, if we're all like a dandelion, you know, mm-hmm. um, you blow on this dandelion and like your seeds fly everywhere. And mm-hmm. if I can be a dandelion, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to make sure I quote her. Talisha Williams said this, so okay. not me. <laughs> but, but, um, like maybe that's our goal. Maybe that's our purpose is just to be a seed, huh. just to like plant seeds, uh-huh. and um, and maybe that's the goal of it all. That's the mission is just to spread the seed of love, spread the seed of radical love, spread the seed of like um, empathy, spread mm-hmm. those seeds around. Maybe that's what the goal is. Hmm. You know. If I'm playing music to make that happen, cool. If I'm selling some CDs, awesome, because then they're going to share that music elsewhere, mm-hmm. and people will receive the message yeah. they need to receive from that. You know, your 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 vision statement makes me think about the song too much. That yeah, you know that it's a uh, you know a lot of I think a lot of people could find themselves in that song, um, mm-hmm. and. You know what? One of the things that's interesting to me about it is that it's it's heavy lyrically and really fun to listen to. <laughs> uh, so you know, I mean, like I can imagine that song being, you know, a, a lot, you know, a, a lot more weighty, you know, in if you know what I mean, like like uh, yeah. sonically and sort of um, bluesy. Um, yeah. And and it would be a different different thing. But what what made you make that sort of is that just how the song came out, or or were you like, oh, we ha- we have to sort of turn this a little bit? I feel like I mean, the song kind of wrote itself in that sense of mm-hmm. we wanted to be we wanted the verses to feel like you know they're low sleeping on the subway wait just like yeah. Just like man, pensive. Mm-hmm. But man, by the time you get to the chorus, like even once I added these be- the background vocal parts, sometimes you, I, for myself, I need my hype people behind me. Like hold on, your love's about to change. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like the verses are how heavy life can be, but the choruses are like, yo, yeah, stick to it. <laughs> I know it's not cool right now. I know it feels nasty as can be, but trust, like. Yeah. Also, you're not alone. There's a uh-huh. gang of people. There's a gang of vocals right behind you mm-hmm. telling you to hold on. You might not see them. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not see them every day, but know that you have, even if that vo- those voices are coming from within yourself of just saying, like, just a little bit longer. Keep going. Yeah. Just a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, the the song has this the, the, the equal heavy, yeah. the light, but also, like, Man, I, if I could tell you the amount of times that friends that love that that know that song and like have told me they love it, they say they sing it. Like we were in the ele- when the elevators broke last night, we were uh-huh. on the elevator too much, too much. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it just comes up in conversation. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. Much. So, <laughs> it's 
it's a it's a good little mantra you know it your is, luck's about exactly. to change <laughs> totally a mantra yeah um Subway waiting for your love to change Second guessing the choices that you made How you gonna keep on keeping on When you feel beaten down and your money's all gone How you keep on keeping on So, I mean, so it's interesting because the, you know, I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, there's some, there's some uh, connection there between too much and marching on and worried mind, you know, where there's this, you know, it's, it's a conversation with yourself. It's a conversation with others, but it also, I mean, it feels like marching on specifically is drawing on, you know, a deep history of music and perseverance in terms of especially in terms of justice and Mm -hmm. you know so i I guess you know this might be an ego question but you know how do you think of yourself of like do you think specifically about that legacy you know you know i've read other interviews with you and i know that nina simone is a big influence on you that you know you grew up listening to the staples singer i mean that they're just like rocks in that legacy of speaking out truth moving forward and providing music that illuminates uh injustice but also points to a to a more just world i mean how much are you drawing on that legacy or is it yeah that's the question i guess yeah i mean talk about planting seeds right yeah those seeds that were planting they i wasn't even around well, no, I'm mm-hmm. lying. I think I was around when Nina Simone was still up there. But yeah. the music still has purpose. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's still relevant today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's powerful. I even think about people like um, Eva Cassidy. Yeah. I discovered Eva Cassidy after she had been long gone. Sure. And the fact that she her voice is still something that people, draw, like, they're drawn to. Yeah. When they have a feeling, they need to feel. Nina Simone is still a voice people are drawn to when they they want to feel like this like fire especially like mississippi goddamn you know yeah. what i mean like yep these are songs people want to bring back you know sam cooks the change is going to come yeah you know what i'm saying like yep. those are statements who's writing those like do we have any common songs like songs mm. that represent an era there's mm. so much more music out now so who you know <laughs> that's that's another hard thing but yeah um a good point i mean that's what i grew up with mm-hmm. you know that's what i heard you know in the in the cars late at night going back and forth to my grandparents house you know um in the country a lot that's yeah. um when i remember like on 
MLK Day when I was young and Mama would take us to rallies and like these were songs that were being sung and so it's they they sit with me as mm -hmm. a, as a as a black woman from South Carolina mm -hmm. just what I heard all the time um, but also when it comes to legacy I mean I mean my it's kind of relates to my song My Own Grave but like yeah for health reasons like I, I well for so many reasons I chose other people for the longest. I chose, like, my profession as a music therapist. Mm -hmm. I chose those that were struggling with mental mental illness, with incarceration, you know. Um, I chose them over myself. And mm -hmm. then I end up being a full-time musician. I choose the road and songs over creating, you know, having family and yeah. carrying on a legacy and, like, the way that we expect most people to, you know, yeah. and the only legacy I feel I have now are these words that I'm singing. I, I guess now I'm realizing, I mean, I turn 40 next month. Mm -hmm. And so we don't need to put that in there. <laughs> or we can't. I it. own it. It's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> ego. Um, That's right. That's right. We're leaving it in. We're checking the ego. <laughs> Check the ego. Check the ego. <laughs> The but, the headline for the podcast is going to be Kashana turns forty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh just... gosh. <laughs> but um, I that's something that I think I'm having to really take ownership in right yeah. now is yeah. these words and these songs truly are the only legacy that I have. Mm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only thing I feel like I can leave behind is the work that I do and the words and the messages that I leave people with. And I hope that these songs have the same legacy like a Nina Simone and like a Eva Cassidy that in like 30, 40, 50 years, someone may be like, oh, wait, where did this come from? Yeah. And it's relative to what they're going through and it can still be used yeah. um, as a way of showing love and um, or even like a time capsule so people can understand what the heck we were going through yeah. as a society, yeah. you know? Well, for what it's worth, it's super resonant. And, you know, I would put it in my time capsule. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, hey, I... Wow, I uh, love that conversation, love having the conversation, love listening back to it as we were thinking through edits and things like that. And um, as I said at the opening, that idea of the vision statement, that's gonna stay with me for a long while. And you know, if you're an artist, um, I'm sure that resonated with you. Um, but make sure you pick up this record and share the episode and let us know if there are folks you wanna hear on the podcast. We're always open to that. And uh, take care and go see some music. Just get get out of your house and go find some live music. That's a, always a good thing to do. All right. Bye. <laughs>